3: We're here continuing the con- concerns episodes today. Tonight is uh, September 1st. We just watched Gunnar Henderson's second game, recording a second episode of the night here. But how about that, Chris? Uh, exciting first couple of days from Gunnar Henderson in the major leagues.
4: Yeah, um, it's been crazy. I know I haven't been following too much of the Orioles this season. I know that might be a little bit of a heresy. Um, <laughs> but I, I did I did today. I can say that I had a chance to, to listen to some of the game on the radio, and uh, it was pretty exciting from what I heard, so... Uh, Great, uh,
3: great plays defensively. Home run in his first at bat last night. So it's been an exciting couple of days. We're going to talk about uh, the outside linebacker position, which is probably right up there near the top of the concerns. So you picked early and you picked well, I think, in terms of what you decided (laughs) to talk about.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we met at the preseason game uh, on Saturday, and uh, yeah. that was before we heard about the, the cuts that had happened down to the 53-man roster. And after that, I think I have even more concerns. <laughs> right.
3: Sure. So for those of you who have been in a cave and whatnot, there's, there's only two uh, outside linebackers, true outside linebackers on the roster right now. That's Houston and Owe. Uh, David Ajabo is going to IR. Uh, Dalen Hayes was waived injured, which means when he was not claimed, and that did happen, he reverted to season-ending IR now, Ajabo can still come back at some point during the year, but Dalenays
4: is gone for the year now. Yeah, um, definitely surprised to me. Um, I mean, not in terms as much. I think of preseason play. I think you know, for a lot of us, I think you know, just didn't show too much in in the couple of games that he kind of played this year. Um, Certainly disappointing. Uh, He was a player I was certainly pretty high on last year. Um, Just kind of loved the, the the person and the man um just hearing him in a lot of the pressers he seemed like a very mature kind of well put together young, kind of man um and uh i say young man he's only a few years younger than i am but uh i digress um but yeah you know definitely a surprise um fortunately you know team's still able to you know have some sense of control for him uh going to season ending ir but uh just unfortunate he kind of couldn't put it together and couldn't be a, a force this year for us yeah, it's a,
3: it's a darn shame. I, I don't know what his contract stat is, cur, status is currently, whether he goes back on the original contract on IR, stays for the year, or whether he has to, we now have to negotiate a new contract where he'd be an, an exclusive rights-free agent next year and then an RFA the year after that. I have to ask someone else about that. But he, I agree with you. I thought he had a very big preseason in 2021. And, you know we were all kind of holding our breath with knowing Tyus Bowser would be out that Dalen Hayes was going to have to take a lot of Sam linebacker snaps. That breath became a little more tightly held with the loss of Vince Beagle. A lot of people, you're not really maybe aware of who Vince Beagle was, but definitely a guy they got brought in to play Sam linebacker, a a coverage guy who uh, that was what his primary attribute is. That'd be the only reason really to bring in a sixth year outside linebacker to the team at that point. Uh, but now they, they really they are going to have to scramble to get guys to play Sam. They have uh, you know Stephen Means is on the practice squad, presumably will be elevated at least a couple of times, or may be in fact added to the team before the season starts. They also have the the really inside slash outside kind of a hybrid guy linebacker that they picked up from the from the Jets uh, from the Jets Delshawn Phillips,
4: right. Yeah. Um, Means another name too. I uh, saw that, you know, that he didn't make the 53 and I, I just, you know, down to, we're down to Houston and OA and that was yeah, I mean Jabo I guess, but you know, down to two active players outside <laughs> linebacker and Means didn't even make it. I, I thought for sure that he would um, just seeing a little bit from him in the first preseason game. I thought he looked pretty good. Um, third one, you know, that I went to not so much. I think he was a little bit more quiet that game, but um you know, in terms of talent, I guess I'm not surprised that he didn't make the 53. Um, you know, certainly I didn't think he was going to be you know some a really special player, um, but certainly somebody who could contribute and would be needed. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly agree with you. I think for the first couple of weeks, I think the Ravens have to consider activating him for a few games at least, uh, just to have a few bodies to rotate in and out.
3: Yeah, and I think that'll happen. I think what the Ravens' plan probably is for Stephen Beans is to activate him for one week and then bring him onto the roster because uh, by being a second-week signee, uh, he then his salary is not guaranteed for the whole season, so they pay him on a week-to-week basis. And it could even be that he would return to the practice squad and get an elevation later in the season. But if you're the Cleveland Browns, do you try and give Means a $1.5 million contract uh, and I say this because I know the Cleveland Browns still have about 37 million of cap room. Do you try and do you try and buy him away from the Ravens just to kind of screw with the Ravens? You'd have to find a space for him on your own roster, so that would be a, one of the issues. But uh, uh, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see some team try and, try and do that, and the, and the Browns would be the obvious team to do it this year.
4: Yeah. Well, certainly. Yeah. The Giants have already taken so many players from us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what their cap situation's like, but uh, in terms of players, yeah, they certainly have a couple. They just picked up Tyree Phillips today, right?
3: I did not hear that, but it doesn't surprise me. The, yeah. the, uh, the, the Giants guy was asking me about where Tony Jefferson was yesterday on Twitter, and, and I you know, gave him something. Actually, this is a weird thing, but you always got to be careful what's happening on Twitter. He asked me in a, in a private DM, you know what do you think about Tony Jefferson? I, I gave him a you know a very direct statement about what I thought Tony Jefferson was, and he does a paste copy and paste screen and he puts that into the uh, into a tweet of his own saying, "Here are some words from film study on this kind of thing." Oh, okay. so, uh, <laughs> so he kind of defeats the purpose of a team. but it was fine. I didn't say anything that was mm-hmm. out of line or anything. But yeah. uh, uh, he he's a uh, uh, you know I'm I'm really sad about losing Tony Jefferson. I thought he could have still helped the the Ravens team and. It definitely doesn't help their special teams unit to lose a guy like Jefferson.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the last episode I was on, we were, uh, we were talking about him. And we we're looking forward to his contribution, especially on special teams. Yeah. So, yeah, big bummer. All
3: right. Uh, so outside linebacker now, uh, Phillips, I think, is more or less a special teams asset. That's the way he'll be considered. I don't know how they'll exactly use him on the field, but they might. Uh, there have been several names tossed around for guys that they uh, they could play at Sam linebacker, but let's start with the in-house options first. Adafe Oway, I maintain, has all the athleticism necessary to play Sam. And, and for folks out there who maybe hear me throw that term around and don't know what it means, the Sam linebacker plays opposite the tight end on the strong side of the formation. So he's being on the outside shoulder of the tight end, typically uh, in a standing position, and he would. And that's in a in a, in a you know a normal kind of a three four. Um, he would uh, have responsibility to cover that tight end on a fair number of plays. He also has responsibility to beat the tight end uh, as a pass rusher sometimes. So it's a it's a combination responsibility. Often ends up dropping a coverage if it's somebody like Tyus Bowser. And even if it isn't, um, that's just the way it has to go sometimes because you want... Other players like a safety or inside linebacker to be able to blitz and not have to cover that that uh, tight end on that side. So, you you, it really helps to have a guy who can cover, and they can be some of the most difficult unicorns out there to find. Are those uh, true Sam linebackers?
4: For sure. Um, I mean, you know, my first choice definitely. I, you know, I would prefer not to have OA there. Um, I, you know, I just think he's more of a weapon in, in the pass rush game. So he'd be a better fit on the other side. Um, but that being said, I mean, yeah, this guy ran a four, three, uh, famously is extremely fast. He's got the speed for it. Um, certainly has the athleticism to be able to keep up with some of these guys, um, I think he could do it at least for a couple of weeks until we figure out, you know, what the position group is, is going to look like. But, um, yeah, it's certainly. I think the main concern for me, if if is starting at Sam again, depth, right? Um, mm-hmm. O.A. could play there, uh, but it's a matter of how many snaps is he playing, uh, and is he uh, only sticking to Sam, or is he uh, playing Sam on some snaps, but then playing the rush on the other side with you know swapping out with Houston or something? Um, it's it's definitely a big question mark, and Mike McDonald's got to have uh, something in mind for that. If he plays only Sam
3: linebacker, you still need a lot more Sam snaps. For plays he doesn't play, because I, you know, I would think he's a 70 75 percent of snaps guy. You know, he played about two thirds of the snaps last year with Bowser and Houston, mm-hmm. in there. And the Ravens also did play a lot of multiple outside linebacker looks. They're more back to the traditional dime with three outside linebackers, one lineman on a lot of uh, snaps. And that that uh, um, I've misstated that. Yes, dime with three outside linebackers, one inside linebacker, mm-hmm. and and one lineman. Um, But the uh, if they um, even if they only play two on the bulk of plays this year, which I think is likely they have some interior pass rush, they can put it a play on third down and uh, even on a four man front that uh, they, they need a lot more Sam linebacker snaps. I'm not sure where the first Sam linebacker snap comes from on the current roster right now. So Harbaugh has made some sort of flippant comments which are very salty. In the last few days, and you know, he's an outside linebacker. He can figure it out. He can play your side. Well, bullshit. I mean, come on. That's just. I. yeah, I, I think it's. It's him realizing, and from the nature of this, that it's not just that easy. It's kind of like uh, in Moneyball when they were telling Hattieberg that he can move to first base. It's really easy. And and Brad Pitt tells him that, and the other guy behind this the item says it's incredibly difficult.
1: <laughs> so, mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I think that's uh that's kind of what they're facing here is this is a this is a real positional change for Owe, uh, or they have to bring in somebody else who can take a very large portion of the snaps and Owe just plays a few.
4: For sure. Um yeah, the only thing that kind of comes to mind, at least for me, and I know a few people have been throwing around uh this idea of just the Ravens maybe playing more uh four down linemen. Uh, I know four or three is kind of thrown around, but I mean mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, base defense is only, you know, one aspect of it. I'm sure we're going to be playing a lot more of outside of our base defense. Um, But I I like the idea um, in general. I mean, you know, defensive line is definitely a a strength right now, um, which is surprising coming from last year. It definitely was not one of the strengths of the team. Um, You know, I think it could work uh, a little bit, maybe to kind of have a little bit more of a rotation for some of our defensive ends. Um, and Houston and OA to kind of get them in favorable rush uh, situations. But again, like you still need to have, um, you know, you're going to have these non base defenses that you're going to be able to play. So you need to have some guys who, uh, you know, can drop into coverage uh, for certain snaps. Uh, for me, like, I think the only way to kind of replace them is basically just to play a defense that doesn't need them on the field. Um, mm-hmm. Try to find a replacement in, you know, we have five inside linebackers. And while, I, I don't really want them on the field. Uh, that might be the situation where you have to play a few more of the inside linebacker guys or play more safety. We have plenty of depth at safety this year. Um, and I think those guys can cover for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the question is, you know, depending on the, on the, the situations, right. Are you going to match up some of those safeties against uh, you know, the tight end, depending on what, you know, what the tight end is, are they going to be able to cover them? Or do you want a larger guy to kind of be able to cover those guys? They can have
3: it both ways with Kyle Hamilton, so they can they can put a larger guy who is a safety on a tight end that way. I think,
4: right, right. Well, yeah, that's that's definitely an X factor that we you know have not had, and I, I mean, you know, I know this is a concerns episode, but yeah, that's definitely something that's uh, you know a little exciting is to, to kind of see him more in that action and hopefully you know he's able to thrive.
3: Going back to your earlier point about using, uh, you know, only one outside linebacker on some snaps, there, there's certainly the opportunity to do that. And, and Colas Campbell has played all over the defensive line. And he, a guy still, even at his age, I believe, can probably play one to nine in terms of his tech. So he could play wide if he, if you needed him to. And he can certainly play on the outside, short of a tight end, and create a lot of mismatch problems probably out there as well. So I, I think that would be fine. I'm not sure the Ravens have a lot of guys. Brent Urban would be the second best probably yeah. as being kind of more of a um, a three-five tech guy. I, I don't. I wouldn't see a player like Washington as being uh, the guy we would want out there. Although he certainly can be a three-five guy as well. Uh, but but the, you know the Ravens do have some guys, and and you know the, with the additional um, pass rush uh, potency they have on the inside, particularly when Travis Jones comes back, who looked terrific. It may be that that'll cover for a lot of the outside linebacker needs of these last few wink teams where they really just didn't have a lot of inside pass rush opportunities and they yanked those guys off the field appropriately on obvious passing
4: downs for sure new defensive coordinator uh, you know we thought it would be the same scheme but yeah it certainly looks like just from just from this position group alone honestly just there there has to be uh, some fundamental change here um, you know, not as many race car packages as we'd expect yes. in years past. Yeah,
3: yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll certainly see uh, uh, fewer total outside linebacker snaps. I also was projecting this would be a very low inside linebacker year uh, in terms of usage because I think this is, a, this is a place where you uh, the safety group is extremely strong. The inside linebacker group, despite you know, the fact that they kept five guys and there's five guys who can do something for you, I still don't think we've seen anything in terms of coverage outside of what Josh Ross produced in the preseason. And obviously, Fines and Queen didn't play. It's not fair to ascribe to them anything specific about Queen's projection for this year in particular, because we really haven't seen anything. But, uh, but Queen would really have to take a step forward from 2021 to be a guy that you'd want on the field on passing downs. Uh, I think the Ravens do have, since they have four safeties who can play, you know, currently, I think they'll all be active every week because Stone is such a key special teams player. I think we, there will be some four safety packages we see. Uh, but again, I will I have to go back to the other thing you said is that I think it's very likely that that we're going to be surprised by what the Ravens put in against the Jets. We haven't seen any surprising stuff in the preseason, but I think we're going to be surprised against the Jets.
4: Oh, for sure. Yeah, preseason has been you know, uh, basic three, four defense the whole time. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, but now I mean, yeah, going back to your comment about the inside linebackers. Yeah. Um, that, that'll be another interesting thing. Um, you know, do, do we try to put, you know, maybe a guy like, uh, you know, Malik in a position where he can play, you know, maybe some of the Sam stuff. Like I know he, he's not as great uh, as far as just like a, from like a will you know mike position of just playing coverage that way didn't really mm-hmm. see much from him in the preseason as far as that is concerned um but also for i mean queen maybe you don't put him into coverage he's been fairly good at least in uh, a few snaps that being uh rushing from the from the mike spot or the you know mm-hmm. or the will spot wherever he's rushing from he's been effective as a pass rusher there um you know, I, I wouldn't want to put him on the outside. I don't, I don't think that's his specialty, but in terms of, you know, if you want to have, a, uh, you want to have him on the field um, and be able to rush, I mean, that's an option. He can probably generate pass rush for you. But, uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree in terms of having lots of, uh, you know, three, four safety uh, defenses. I, I think that's the way to go. Um, spe- I mean, you know, you mentioned Geno so Gino Stone. I mean, uh, that was a guy who had a, a fantastic preseason, I think. Yeah. Um you know, I know uh, I I think it would just be you know beneficial for McDonald to just put all the best guys on the field. And uh, right now it's I, I think it's a safety group They really have to lean on them.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm even I'm I'm very concerned actually right now. And we'll be doing a separate episode on that on the cornerback depth right now. Again, it's it just sucks that we are constantly talking about this. I mean, just the the quality of corners. They've cut our Darius Washington now. So they still have them available in the practice squad. But uh, it's, it's a group that has its own set of problems. And, you know, I do expect the Ravens are going to take some of the relief off the slot corner position by having a lot of big nickel looks that they play. So that'll be one place where Hamilton will get additional snaps uh, where he normally, you know, he might not be on the field otherwise because Clark will still have the green dot, at least as I see it. Marcus Williams is going to be on the field every single play that he's healthy. And that means that, that Hamilton is probably going to play 50% of the snaps or something. And to get up to 50%, he's going to have to play a lot of snaps on at dime or, or somewhere in the field. Clark could be the dime, and Hamilton could be on the back end, or Hamilton could be moved around wherever you want him. Right. But he's, he, he's going to get some of his in three-safety dime looks, and he's going to get some in three-safety big nickel looks. Now, big nickel— Nickel is five defensive backs, mm-hmm. and a regular nickel is three cornerbacks, one covering each receiver, wide receiver, and then um, uh, two safeties. But a big nickel is three safeties and two corners, where you're, you're um, it's especially useful when a safety can cover oftentimes a bigger slot receiver. So you wouldn't want Kyle Hamilton lined up against Wes Welker or uh, Edelman or um, uh, Cole Beasley or any number of other guys in the league who are hyper quick, change of direction guys. The guy you want him lined up against Travis Kelsey when when he uh, splits wide, you know, you, it's it's not then a bully matchup anymore. Hamilton can probably hold his own against a player like that,
4: right? Or Denzel Mims, who will probably see Week yeah. One. Yeah, that's a, that's a good example because it's not exclusively tight ends. It's a
3: lot of bigger slot receivers now, and there's a trend towards that in the NFL of trying to get size mismatch matches against slot corners. Well, the defense reacts second, kind of like hockey. You know, and mm-hmm. they're a lot like the home team in hockey, I should say, and and so they can they can put on a uh, um, a big uh, uh, you know a third um, safety when you see a big receiver on the field and and suspect that he's coming into the slot, and you can definitely do it when you have two big receivers or or two tight ends on the field.
4: Yeah, for sure.
3: All right. So, how do the Ravens address this problem at outside linebacker? To go back to this, is they've. Um, You've got a couple different possibilities. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, we'll toss them out there one at a time. One is, you can play the cards you're dealt right now and try and get through these early games until Bowser is ready, until Ajabo comes back with some combination of means, Owe, and uh, Houston and uh, coverage be damned from the group. If you or or you know you're, you're assigning Owe to a fair amount of that, let's say that's option number one. How do you feel about that
4: one? Uh, you know, from a, a fan perspective, it, it, it doesn't make me feel great. Um, but that being said, like, you know, just from looking at the strengths of this team, um, it, it's, it's a little scary, but it's also one of those, it, it just seems kind of like an obvious fit, you know, like, I, you know, don't fit a, uh, you know, a, a round peg into a square hole, Right. Um, or other way around I guess you should probably say either shouldn't um, work but but the square of the other round is more obvious yeah right right um, but yeah it's just you know there there aren't there there aren't any players that can kind of fit this mold of having these Sam linebackers drop into coverage that we're so used to from these wink Martindale defenses um, so just don't do it right we don't have to do it there's nothing saying that we have to do it um, you know there's been pros and cons from having that approach in the past certainly there are many ways to play defense. Um, You know, the NFL is is not like beholden to this approach as the approach to play uh, defense. So, you know, from that perspective, I'm not as concerned, but uh, certainly, like, look, it's going to be a big change. Uh, and the real question is, you know, are the players uh, prepared to be able to do that, right? That is a big change for them mentally of, of preparation and and knowing all the playbooks and, and being able to kind of get in those positions. So, I mean, it's a big task, not only just for the players, but uh, for the defensive coordinators, well, making sure that, um, you know, guys know their assignments and know what to do, um, you know, but from a just... From from a numbers, it just it seems to make sense, but certainly like from a execution perspective, it is still risky to me. But it's kind of the way forward that I see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's I I think you know based on I mean certain
3: to a certain degree, you have to play the cards you're dealt no matter what. But I think if they were to go to that, I think we'd see a lot of or we'd see some at least of either urban or. Um, uh Claus Campbell being the outside guy in some formations uh and and not trying to put an outside linebacker on the field at all in, in some of those uh, cases which by the way on a passing down i'm not really sure it matters that much if if you particularly if it's like a third and ten you're not making your living by the fact that the outside linebacker is dropping that's more like a second and six a third and four kind of thing you want to, you want to be confusing the other team in terms of what you're, what you're going to be running. When it's 3rd and 10, I mean, you're defending the sticks, for starters. You're doing exactly what the Ravens are best at, which is looking into the backfield, trying to read the quarterback, trying to make plays on the football. It should be exactly where this Ravens team should punish their opponents. And you can go ahead and let your edge guys go hunt because you don't, you don't really need to do that. So I don't think it really matters who you've got on the field there among the Ravens' current choices um, because they can all do a little something in terms of, of rushing the passer. But uh, but I am concerned about about how this gets this team to third down, and uh, they have to make some plays to, to, to get to third down, and uh, it's just it's uh, uh, and, and particularly to get to third and long, um, and, and it's not as obvious to me how that'll happen with the uh, lack of flexibility for coverage from that same spot. For
4: sure, yeah, um, you know it's going to put. Uh pressure on the guys to, uh, especially in run defense, of the guys up front, of making sure that they maintain their blocks, um, guys on the back end, like you're going to have to tackle. Um, I mm-hmm. know, you know, certainly, um, you know, tackling isn't isn't always something, I guess, from a secondary position that is kind of uh, front line front of mind right there more you know more kind of for the pass defense but um certainly i think that's a big thing of making sure to stop the run on those early downs to be able to get in those favorable positions but i mean i think you're absolutely right it is it's going to be a concern so,
3: if if option number one is they play the cards they're dealt and they just they they deal with it and 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 find other ways to address coverage that don't necessarily include an outside linebacker and play play with who they have. Option number two would be maybe go out and get somebody. And the one name that keeps coming up is Devon Kennard, a guy who's now older, thirty-one or so, uh, played for the Cardinals uh, at Arizona. He had not done all that much in terms of dropping the last two years. But prior to that, I believe in Detroit, and I have to look this up again, make sure I've got the teams right, because it's been a while. But before that in Detroit, I believe he'd played a fair amount of coverage. And uh, and he might be, he's a name that's been brought up. I know that the problem, one of the problems is the Ravens may have guys from a traits perspective they think could play the position. But if you're really looking for guys who have done it at the NFL level, there's just not that many of them.
4: Yeah, yeah, I've i heard of that name as well. I, I'm not super familiar with him uh, as a player, so I, I will not can't really speak too much uh, to to that. I, I'd say from my perspective, look, I mean the the tricky situation. I think if I were the Ravens right now, is that if you if all these guys are healthy, if Bowser and Ojabo back, and you add them to Houston and way that's a really good mm-hmm. group. Um, mm-hmm. So in terms of you know maybe making a trade or something, I feel like I wouldn't really want to give up too much because you know everybody comes back healthy you don't really need another uh, person in that room right um now i you know if you wanted to get you know to your point right if you if you want someone who you know can be more of a developmental guy we might have some guys who can kind of have those traits already in house so making a trade like that maybe doesn't make too much sense um especially i wouldn't give up too much capital to be able to get some guy you know maybe a higher caliber guy because you know there's a lot of excitement already for the players that we have um it just seems like kind of a kind of a waste almost um, you know especially if, if you know Bowser and her job over there be able to come back week six week eight I mean you know we, we'll have to find out what the timetable is but if it's only a couple of weeks you know you might just want to kind of live with it
3: yeah I I, I understand the point one of the, one of the things you can do and I think personally I think all the estimates we've gotten in injuries are the first platform for further negotiations uh, is the way I've been terming it, is that, that, that they're the most optimistic possible results. And, and I've talked about this many times. So I'm not going to go into this over, over and again. But the, the Ravens are never um, incented to give anything but the most positive injury um, prognosis that they can. Uh, it's, it's, it motivates the player in theory it would be a secondary thing, but in terms of what you're giving away to opponents, you want them to think that player is going to be available and they have to plan for them. And, you know, you just, you, you don't want to give away more on injuries. Harbaugh is extremely tight with that information. And that's yeah. basically the reason I, I, you know, I, 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 don't see those guys back as soon as what, as the times you just stated. I yeah. think it would be incredibly fortunate if a plays some this year. And if he plays some, I would, I would, you know, maybe in an ideal situation. It's about November 1st, a little bit later that he gets back to practice. And then he, he doesn't lose the year completely developmentally, which I think is very important and gets to practice with the team. They only have uh, once they bring him back. They only have a certain amount of time to activate him, I believe, uh, to the 53. I'm, I could be wrong about that. Uh, But they have only eight activations anyway from IR, which is potentially a scarce resource, probably won't be. Um, If they could get him back for four games this year, uh, I think I'd consider that a win in terms of getting his feet wet in the NFL, letting him fail forward on some of the things that are not going to work immediately at the NFL forum that maybe did at Michigan. And then he'll come into camp next year with a little bit of experience under his belt. Very much the way I feel about Gunnar Henderson this year. Gunnar Henderson is going to adjust to the major leagues and he's going to have some difficulty at some point in September, unless this is the magical mystery ride we're on, which we could be. But mm-hmm. but if, if, he, if we have to assume that he's more likely than not to have that, and it'll be of great value to Henderson next year, just as it will be to Jabo in 2023, to have some experience at the major league level that he can draw on and say, OK, this didn't work uh, and, and to be able to look at himself, you know, self-scout over the off season, go get with positional coaches and say, Hey, what do I need to do to improve my effectiveness as a pass rusher? Cause the basic set of moves I had at Michigan, it didn't work quite as well as I expected.
4: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, with that timeline, I think, you know, the one thing that I go back to is just, again, I think that Dalen Hayes decision, uh, to, to go to IR, I think was, is all the more, uh, telling of, of just, you know, the Ravens coaching staff thinking that you know, hey, you're not ready this year. Um, you know, to even to to step in and have even an impact on a already depleted position group.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a great point because they could have, um, they had other guys on the roster that they could have given the handshake agreement to. Most notably, Mike Davis. There's no reason mm-hmm. at all why Mike Davis should not have been caught to make room for one more guy on IR. Uh, I mean, I can think of some they maybe didn't want to, um, if it was going to create an additional player who hadn't been paid for yet, then they wouldn't maybe want to do that. But they're going to have to pay for the entire year for um, uh, Hayes anyway. So you may as well have him on IR if you think he can come back. What, I, what it speaks to me on is that the injury is more serious than we thought. And I think they would have probably um, made that one additional move with a, with a Mike Davis cut and re-sign. Uh, Josh Bynes, another guy that could be cut and re-signed mm-hmm. yeah. um, that, that would have made a lot of sense um, and, and, and to get one more player on. I, I don't think either of those players, in their position that they are with the Ravens, would have entertained other offers because there's nowhere else that Mike Davis is going to go that he's going to be the number one running back There not any other place. That, there's probably almost no place that Raven wants him at all. Right. But there's no place he'll be the number one. Same thing with Bynes. If he left this extraordinary situation... For what he might get somewhere else, might or might not. I think he'd be crazy. So uh, you know, it's. Uh, it, it, I think that either of those guys could have been cut, and it, it just speaks to the seriousness of the injury that, that they really don't believe that Hayes would be back. And, and you may be right that another factor in it is not only will he not be back, but he's just not there in terms of his, maybe his work in the weight room or other things. Uh, that if it's a if it really is a six or eight week injury, um, even after that with ramp up, we don't expect him to help us this year.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for sure. I think the you know, the next uh next couple of weeks I think I'm really gonna keep an eye out uh for any other players who you know, I know I know I mentioned earlier I probably wouldn't make a trade, but you know, if I were to Eric DaCosta, I'd take a look around, you know, see mm-hmm. if there's anything that we can get in. I mean, um he's made in season trades before. Um, you know, I certainly don't think we need like a Marcus Peters or something at this position group, but um if there's somebody that could provide value that for the right price, I would jump on it.
3: Devon Cannard, by the way, has apparently, his agent has circled the league and found no opportunities because he signed to the Cardinals practice squad. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that doesn't happen to a lot of players as a first step because he can be signed off there at any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can be protected only for certain days during the week. I know a lot of people have a misconception of what the protections actually do for you, but they don't really protect you. They only protect you from Tuesday through through the end of the game week. So on Monday, that they, you, you're free to be signed, which is basically like, you know, there's, there's a hole in the bucket in, in, in terms of keeping people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that, that, that would be an option. Uh, and it could be a week two option. If you can get week, through week one with Stephen Means and the two guys you have, you sign Denard for um, uh, week two, Canard, Devon Canard, for yeah. week two, then you uh, a, a, you don't have to pay him for the entire season if you don't want to keep him for the entire season. All right. Uh, any other comments on the on the outside linebacker position? In general, other potential fixes? Maybe your uh, what
4: are your hopes that that you know Odafe
3: Owe could do this year for this group?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean my, my hope, I mean my honest uh, my honest hope right now, um, Odafe, please don't get hurt. Um, you know, I have a high you know I had high expectations for Oa coming into the season. Um, definitely looking forward to kind of see him play, but. Um, you know if he's able to pick up some of the sam snaps i think that's great but um we we need him healthy i mean if you take away away from this group and you, you just don't have much um you know uh houston another player i really liked last year i thought he was a great fit mm-hmm. but um you just i don't think you you can ask him to take up that many snaps i just don't don't think that's realistic um you know it's one of the reasons you know i me personally i was really rough really vouching for, um, a lot of uh, younger defensive linemen. Um, you know, we just had too many older guys last year and I think it showed later in the season. Um, definitely don't want that for Houston. So my number one thing for Oa is just stay healthy, um, and, and kind of last until the season until, uh, till the troops arrive. But, um, you know, in terms of, of other things, um, you know, again, kind of going back to what I said earlier of, um, getting some of the other guys, the inside linebacker, you know, Malik Harrison, Welch, um, I won't say Ross because I think he's better fit at Mike, but um, some of the other guys who haven't really been a good fit in terms of like the Mike or a will roll that haven't really been good in coverage um, from the inside position, you know, see if they can help contribute in some of the ways. Um, Malik Harrison I thought did pretty good as a run stopper. Um, So if he's somebody who want to play at the edge, you know, blow up a few tight ends or something, see, you know, see if he's a fit, see if it's a better fit for him. Um, It could be an option. Uh, It's something that we can definitely experiment with.
3: Yeah. I, I, I guess, I'm okay with Malik Harrison having an occasional Sam linebacker snap just to show it on film to, to you know, the, the what could happen. But if, if you think about, you know, and you mentioned this already, is that Malik didn't really work out as a coverage player on the inside. You know, he's, he's definitely not an awareness guy. And I, admittedly, from the Sam spot, he's much more likely to have well, actually, can have two different responsibilities. He can either have a man responsibility on that tight end, which he, could, he might or might not be okay with, you know, mm-hmm. given his speed yeah. and size and whatnot, or or he might have a you know a short zone uh, responsibility in a, a cover three look or others, uh, and, and uh, you know e- either way he's. Um, you I, I think is there's, there's, at best he's unproven at, at those roles. at worst, I'd say you'd say the, the evidence would, would strongly say he's not there in terms of his ability to cover. And then I, I, the other part is that he's still going to rush the passer more than he drops to cover from that spot. I don't see anything that would say that he can go up against a tackle. Uh, or, or a tight end for that matter and, and beat him consistently enough to, to uh, compress the pocket to, to get the quarterback making a bad decision.
4: Right. For sure. I yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they not as much versatility as terms of like, you know, scheme. Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. I think it's a fair uh, criticism of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, again, not, not many options on the team. I, it's just one of them that kind of came to mind, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be tough
3: that's fair I mean we got we really do have to look under every stone with this current uh, outside linebacker group and just see what what might work and whatnot uh, Chris always a pleasure to talk football with you my friend'm I'm, I'm uh, it's just always a fun conversation a great back and forth tell folks where they can talk football with you
4: yeah so uh, I'm on Twitter at crayborg 57 um, you can hear me over with my uh, buddies over at one winning pod. Um, yeah, we're over there, and uh, uh, looking forward to a good season. No matter what the outside linebacker position group brings, uh, we're going to be here every Sunday.
3: <laughs> Make sure you uh, you give that pod a chance. By the way, one, uh, at one winning pod, and it's Alec Poulianis, who's the I guess he's the, kind of the producer of the show, right? Producer, main guy.
4: Yeah, he's he's uh, usually on our Twitter handle all the time.
3: All right, outstanding. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to do a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. We're also asking folks who've been listening to this point in the episode also to consider writing us a 30 or 50 word review. Just go out there and uh, and do it at your regular uh, podcast sources. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, Chris, thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Ken. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study.